be great. The other announcement is that the R booklets are down the back if you haven't got them. We've been going through the vision for the church over this 10-week period. We've just finished the two weeks on G, being genuine truth-tellers, and we're now up to R. We, as, as a community here, want to be people who are receptive to the things that God's doing and receptive to one another. And we've got this next two weeks talking about that. So if you haven't got that, please grab it on the way out. I think there will be announcements, which is great. So as I said, we finished G for the previous two weeks here, which has been talking about being genuine people. Genuine in our speech, genuine in our action, genuine in the way that we love one another. We desire as a community here to be people who are honest with one another, honest with the Lord, not to hide behind untruths but to say things that are necessary, to, to help other people as who we are in broken relationship with, to deal with conflict, to help people in their walk and for them to help us in ours. In many ways, that's uh, one of the easy things to do, telling uh, someone else about some conflict or some issue or telling them the truth. We also want to be a community that is receptive, that listens to one another. And this morning, if you're here in this morning service, we talked about being receptive of God's word. We as a community want to be people who really desire to know God, to read his word, to listen to him and to respond to what he says to us. Tonight, next Sunday morning and next Sunday evening, we're going to look at three different ways that the, particularly the books of Proverbs and Psalms and Ecclesiastes Talk to us about how we as people listen and respond to one another and to the Lord. This evening we're going to look at the first of those, which is being a wise listener. This is the good one. All right? This is what we're supposed to do. And so we'll be looking at the way of wisdom, how to be a wise listener. Next Sunday morning, if you come, you'll do the, I suppose, the one in the middle. In many ways, this is where many of us find ourselves often the foolish listener, the people who listen in foolish ways. And if you're here next Sunday night, we'll do the one that's on this end, the wicked listener, the one who listens not just foolishly, but with evil intent in their heart. And Proverbs says that there are these three types of people who respond to what God says and who respond to one another. At times we all have components of each of these in us, so it's worth looking at all of them. But tonight we have the opportunity to look at what God says is how we should do it, how we should receive input into our lives and the sorts of things that we should be receptive of and how we should respond. And I'd like to do that by looking at three things. Firstly, what is the path of wisdom? What does this look like? Secondly, what is some of the proof that we might have in the Proverbs and the Psalms that we are actually living a life of wisdom? And finally, what are some of the benefits? What's the, the profits, if you like, of living in this way? And we've got a, a fair number of verses to look at. Pretty much from the reading that Dan did, you can see God kind of says that this way of wisdom, learning to listen to people, and you can tell rebuke someone they benefit from it. If you like, that's the, that's the overarching comment that we'd make for this evening. That when someone tells us something, 
we respond with gladness because they are having input into our lives and we benefit from it. We have to be discriminating, but we learn. A foolish person or an evil person, they respond differently. They're, if you like, a little bit more self-centred. They are much more insulated from what people have to say. And when you tell them something that they need to know, they respond by a frown or a grimace. They aren't happy to hear stuff about themselves or to hear the direction that they need to go. But the scriptures say that we are to be people who follow the path of wisdom. Firstly, the book of Proverbs and Psalms say that there is the way that you can tell this pathway or you know that you're on it. So if you like, how, how, how can we see what it is? And they say, reading from Psalm 11 verse 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who follow his precepts have good understanding. If you like, how can you know when you've started along the pathway of living the sort of life, responding to people around you the way that God would like you to? And Proverbs, Psalms, the book of Ecclesiastes all have this, this phrase, the fear of the Lord, basically saying that we live with the awareness that this is God's world and that he is king and he is great. And we respond, if you like, in worship towards him. If we respond in that way, then as we choose to make decisions down a particular pathway, knowing that he's God, knowing that he's king, we're in the right place to make the right decision because we understand who God is and what God wants of our life. It's mentioned again over in Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verses 2 to 3. It says this, The heart of the wise inclines to the right, but the heart of the fool to the left. Even as fools walk along the road, they lack sense and show everyone how stupid they are. Basically, it says if you are in that place of knowing who God is and being aware of him, then even the inclinations of your heart automatically take you down the right pathway. Whereas if you're not in that place and you haven't put God in the place that is rightfully his as Lord and King, then your natural inclination, no matter how smart it might seem to you, is foolish. When we are in that awareness of God, we start to make the right decisions. When we're not, we start to make the wrong decisions. Now let's have a look at some of the signposts, how you can tell what this path of wisdom is. And we're going to go through this um, reasonably quickly. If you, don't want, if, you, if you want to listen and not write them all down, um, I've put it on our website. Under the blog, there's a link to the PowerPoint, so you can download it and have a look at that in the verses later if you want to, if that's going to make it easier for you. The first path signpost to the path of wisdom. Psalm 107 verse 43 says this, Let the one who is wide heed these things and ponder the loving deeds of the Lord. This is at the end of Psalm 107. All the way through Psalm 107, the psalmist says how great God is, talks about the exodus, talks about the creation, goes through and has a look at all the things that God has done up to that point. And this is the refrain that he has right at the end. 
The one who is wise heeds these things. How can you know the right pathway? Consider God. Consider the things that he's done and consider his love for us. If they're the things that are in your mind, in your thoughts, a part of your desires for life, then you'll know the right pathway because the white person goes to the right, if you like, almost automatically. I was um, teaching a group of um, pastors in the Sudan and we were going through Timothy about loving your wife and I asked them this question. I said, guys, how do you, what's a good reason to beat your wife? Because they all slap their wives around a little bit. And um, we came up with about 50 reasons in 10 minutes that, that I wrote up on the board. Put them all up on there. And I said, well, how do you think you should beat your wife? And they thought fists or sticks was a reasonable way that you should treat your wife. And one old gentleman kind of puts his hand up and he says, I, I don't think this is right. I don't think you should treat your wife that way. And I said, who taught you that? Who taught you that that's not the way to treat your wife? He said, no one taught me. I'm a Christian. And the Holy Spirit of God just makes it kind of clear you don't do that. That was his response. He had put himself knowing what God is like and how God treats people. And there hadn't been any teaching on this, but his comment was, you just know it's wrong. And the Proverbs and the Psalmist says, heed what God is like, heed his love, and you've got the signpost starting to head you in the direction of what's a wise way to live. Secondly, Psalm 19 verse 7 says, the law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. Where do we go for wisdom to know the right pathway to work? Go back to God's law. Go back to God's word. There's, there's so much out there that's confusing and the psalmist and the writer of the Proverbs say, go to the source of wisdom. If you're putting yourself under the fear of God, it's his world Listen to what he has to say in his world. We're going to come back to this a little bit later. The Proverbs aren't like laws. Do this, this happens. But they're, they're, they're not just, they're generalities that are 95% true. Basically, God's made the world and other things impacted our sin, um, the responses of people around us. But if we live in God's world, God's way, then things move in the direction that is the way he has planned it to be. And so basically the psalmist and the writer of the Proverbs say, if you pay attention to God's word, even if basically you don't know too much, you're simple. You'll end up being wise. You'll know what the right way to live is. Thirdly, Psalm 94 says, Take notice, you senseless ones among the people. You fools, when will you become wise? Does he who fashioned the ear not hear? Does he who formed the eye not see? Does he who disciplines nations not punish? Earlier beforehand in this psalm, the writer is, is saying that people ask the question, why can I do wrong and nothing happens to me? 
God's probably not there. He's probably not watching. He's probably not looking. And the psalmist then says, take care. Look, God made everything. He's totally aware of what's going on. Don't think you can hide from him by going down whatever pathway you want to. He is totally aware of what's going on. In fact, the next part of the psalm says that God is the one who understands what men are doing and he can bring about the outcome. So if we want to know the right way, know what God says and even if we can't see by our sight why that's the right way to go, know that it's God's command and he sees everything. It's his plan, it's his world, he knows what he's doing. Number four, be discerning. What's a signpost? to know the pathway of wisdom. Proverbs 14 verse 6 says this, The mocker seeks wisdom and finds none, but knowledge comes easily to the discerning. What's discernment? Discernment is kind of, if you like, weighing up and judging. It's basically saying don't wander through your life in a muddle, just going wherever you feel like whatever time. Think about the things you say And when it becomes to be receptive, think about the things you hear. Think about your response before you respond. Have a bit of a gap there and say, is this what I'm supposed to do? Is this what I'm supposed to behave like? A lot of people now say they have impulse control problems. They just do what they feel like at the time. And basically the writer of the Proverbs says, that's just stupid. You want to be wise? Be discerning. The mocker, the person who just goes about and that mocker ends up being foolishness or evil, they don't do that. They just say what they want without thought, without thinking. Number five, you want to have a pathway and know the right way to live, a wise way under God's law, find good friends. Walk with the wise and become wise. For a companion of fools suffers harm. You want to know what the best way to live is? Get in a good company of people. Surround yourself with companions who will build you up, who will tell you the truth, who will keep you accountable. Find those people who are discerning, who know God's law. Surround yourself with those people. Basically, you surround yourself with fools. You surround yourselves with people who don't have God as the one who's in control of their life. Well, you'll suffer harm, is what the Proverbs say. You'll end up going down the wrong pathway. You want to be a wise person? Get good friends. Number six, go to the wise for guidance. Let the wise listen and add to their learning. Let the discerning get guidance. Don't go to Women's Weekly to get guidance. There might be some good comments. Dr. Phil's probably not the best place. Oprah. Ellen. The View. Q&A. I don't know what it is. People go all sorts of places. We Google something if we want to know what we're doing. Or Bing it. Let the wise listen and add to their learning. Let the discerning get guidance. 
Go to people who understand this is God's world. Read books that are written by Christian folk who have known God over a period of time. Listen to people online if you want to who are know the Lord. But have that personal relationship with people. Find yourself a Christian mentor, someone whom you admire, someone who walks with God, and go and talk to them about the decisions that you make. When Sylvia and I were a lot, lot younger, before we went to um, the mission field, we went, well actually I went because it was in the days when girls didn't sort of interact with the diaconate of the church, I went to the diaconate of the church. These are the ten men who ran the church that we were at at the moment. I said, what do you guys think we should do with our life? Where do you think we should go? You know what our gifts are? You know what our skills are? What do you think we should do? And they said, well, (laughs) what do you want to do? We said, no, you you guys have got experience. You've got wisdom. You're in this position. Look at us. Look at our gifts and and give us some guidance as to what you want us to do. Proverbs says, go to wise people for guidance. Number seven, when you do go, pay attention to them. Now then, my children, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways. Listen to my instruction and be wise. I can't think of anything sillier than going to someone who you know knows the Lord, has the answers, been around for a long time and ask their advice and then go to the opposite thing. That's just dumb. Now that doesn't mean we don't have choice and we're not supposed to be discerning and think about and maybe get opinions from various people. But if we've gone to the trouble of seeking the Lord and seeking wisdom from people, knowing what God has to say and we get all of that information in front of us and decide to go off on our own pathway, we're probably just being dumb. That's basically what it comes down to. And then we get hurt and we say, why is this happening to me? And you know, I've been in situations where people do that. They've heard that it's not good to go to those sorts of clubs. They've heard it's not to go and hang around with those sorts of people. They've heard that if they do that, they could get into terrible situations in their life and then something really bad happens and they come and say, why me? And you just, very lovingly wanted to give him a clip on the back of the head and said, what's with you? Listen. Now, this is a trivial example because I don't want to go into anything that might... What is this guy in grade nine? He, he stuck a pin in the electrical socket and got zapped and then starts complaining, oh, my arm hurts. He didn't get a lot of sympathy. He's in grade nine. He's 14 years old. His parents have been telling him not to touch them for about 14 years. He just decides to go ahead and do it. Now, I'm glad he was okay. Mostly, I'm glad he was okay. But it's like, pay attention to wisdom. Number eight. This is the last of the signposts that we need to look at. Do not be wise in your own eyes, says Proverbs 3, verse 7. Fear the Lord and shun evil. You want to know the way of wisdom? It's God's world. He tells us how to live. Surround ourselves with good friends. Seek good advice. Listen to the advice that we get from godly people and from God's word. And 
put and shun evil. What does that mean? Basically it means don't put that into the mix of the advice that you're getting. If you're looking at source documents, don't go to the movies and your friends who are, you know, far away from the Lord and put that into the list of things, one of my choices that I can make. Basically, the, the writers of Proverbs is saying, shun evil. If you know that that advice comes from people who don't have God as the maker of their world, who don't live according to his commands, then whatever the advice they give you, put it to the side as not to be listened to. Put it in that basket. He says if you do that, you'll be wise. And yet lots of people don't do that. They have their advice from the scripture and the godly friends, the stuff they know growing up, and then they take all this stuff from the world and they weigh it up. And they say, well, this is pretty convincing but it's done from a whole world view which is against God and doesn't believe in him and his way of of living in this world. And no matter how convincing it is, it's just a foolish way to live. Put it aside. So they're the paths of wisdom. Live in the fear of the Lord. Consider God and his love. Pay attention to God's words. Know God's commands. Be discerning. Find good friends. Go to the wise for guidance, pay attention to them and flee wickedness. The next, what's the proof of wisdom? How can you tell if you're a wise person? If you look at your life, what will give evidence of that to the people around you that you're wise? Most of the ones that I've picked here from the Proverbs have to do with that idea of getting and receiving information, being receptive people. Firstly, Proverbs chapter 10 verse 14 says, The wise store up knowledge, but the mouth of a fool invites ruin. How can you tell if you're wise, if you're living according to how God made things to be worked? This is shut more often than it's open. You allow knowledge to come. You take it in. You listen before you speak, if you like. It'll come up a little bit more later on. But you're storing up information. You're not rushing to chat, to talk, to have your say. And therefore, when we're being receptive people, basically that means we learn to listen. We store up information. We find out what's going on. Because when we find out what's going on, we can be discerning. When we find out what's going on, we can then go and ask for advice. When we find out what's going on, we can go back to the scriptures and say, what does it mean? If that's the sort of person you are, then it's proof that you're a wise person. Number two, the wise listen to instruction. Proverbs 9 verse 9 says, Instruct the wise and they'll be wiser still. Teach the righteous and they will add to their learning. You store up this knowledge, you have a greater understanding of what's happening of what God's doing in the world, of what God wants you to do and you can then be even better aligned with God's pathway. Wise people become wiser. In other words, if you're wise, you will be growing in wisdom. 
because you'll be adding to what you know and how you live. Number three, the wise, Proverbs 10 verse 8 says, in heart accept commands, but a chattering fool comes to ruin. How can you tell if you're wise? If you listen and you receive orders from other people, if you like. Someone says this is what you should do and you don't jump in and say, well actually I have a a much better way of doing that, you know, uh, I've been doing it this way. You listen to their instruction and you take it on board and you accept what they say and you give it a try. You listen and you accept the comments and the commands that come to you to live in a particular way. Don't drive on the right-hand side of the road. There was a, I live on a one-way street. I'm driving along, I live on Juliet Street. And there's these two-way traffic streets going this way. And I'm parked at the lights and I want to turn right, which is the flow of traffic. There's four lanes going that way. There's four cars at the red light and there's this person coming towards me indicating to turn right straight into the traffic. I'm flashing my lights, I'm waving my arms, I'm pointing, saying, you can't go that way. And they just look at me and give me a rude sign as if, who do you think you are tell me what to do? I said, oh, have fun. And they turn right directly into the traffic, everyone's beeping their horns and everything. And I thought, what a fool, right? That makes sense? The command said, what a fool. But then I find myself doing it. You see, no offence if you do this, but I'm not really fond of those traffic control people who turn, Danny, no offence when you do that. That's just, and then they have these signs that say pedestrians don't go this way, cross over, you've got to cross all the way over the road and then you've got to walk about 10 feet and cross all the way back over again. Doesn't that just annoy you? I don't like obeying those commands. So I want to just keep walking straight and I reckon I'll get through. And then you get mud on your feet and you fall in a hole and you do all sorts of things. What does that mean? It just means at those times I'm just being a fool. Proof of people who are wise, they learn to accept commands. And that's a pretty trivial thing. But we get comments on how to live our life through the scriptures from wise people around us who say, look, don't do that. Do do this. Have you thought about this? Taking that on board and listening to it is a sign of being wise. Number four. The wise listen to rebukes. Proverbs 9 verse 8 says, Do not rebuke mockers or they'll hate you. Rebuke the wise and they'll love you. You ever tell someone often they say, Look, thank you so much for sharing that. I appreciate that. That's going to help me be a better person. You ever meet someone like that? That's a wise person. That's a person who appreciates the help that you're giving them. Many people don't respond like that. And over the next, next Sunday, you'll learn they're either a fool or they're wicked. I don't want to steal what's happening here, but the wise person is glad. They smile. They say, thank you. Thank you for helping me out. I, I knew I was doing that. just didn't seem to work, but thanks for helping me. I appreciate it. That's what wise people do. And I sometimes struggle to do that. And I know that we all struggle to do that. When people tell us off, 
stop, zip it, think about what they've said, and then thank them. You don't have to agree with their condemnation of you or their rebuke of you or their wanting to change your direction. But if you think about it, they're actually trying to help. They're actually trying to put you on the right pathway. And so the smart thing to do, the wise thing to do is to say thank you. Thanks for helping out there. Appreciate that. I find that hard. Number five. The wise control themselves. Proverbs 29 verse 11 says, Fools give full vent to their rage, but the wise bring calm in the end. In the context of what it's talking about, the wise person doesn't just respond with their pent-up emotions, their rage. The wise person just doesn't let it hang out. The wise person takes a deep breath. New Testament says that those who are led by the Spirit have self-control. That's a sign of wisdom. You take that step back and you begin to be discerning. And you think, well, what does God want me to respond like here? How does he want me to do something here? That's what wise folk do. Number six, the wise control their tongues. And in many ways, this is the big difference in all of them with the people who are receptive. Wisdom is those people who, as I've said a number of times, just hold on to it before letting it go. Words are so dangerous. Anger is so like a fire that gets out of control. And as soon as we say something, you just can't stuff it back in. I've tried. You try and stuff it back in. You try and say things to make it right and you just can't. The easiest way not to do that is just not to say it in the first place. And so the writer of the Proverbs says that a wise person is very prudent with their use of words. So these are the proofs of wisdom. Have a think about yourself here. Do you store up knowledge? Do you listen to the instruction of people around you? You accept direction and commands from people. You listen to people who tell you that maybe you're not on the right pathway or you're doing something in the way that you shouldn't do it. You control yourself and particularly you control your tongue. That's what wise folk do. When it comes to being receptive, to be wise, this is what it looks like. Someone comes and says something to us about God's word, we stop. We discern that. We think about it. We store it up and we put it into practice. Someone comes and says, look, you're, you're, you're just too interested in that part of your life. You need to get some balance. You say, thank you. Thanks for sharing that. I'm going to go away and think about that and see if that's true. Number C, we've got the pathway of wisdom, which is to live under the banner that God is king. Learn from him, learn from wise people. Live in such a way that we receive this information and we prudently think about it, judge it, and put it into action as we're directed by God. What's the benefit of that? What's the benefit of living that way? Again, note, most of this comes from the Proverbs. 
something of Psalms, but these are 95%ers. 95% of these are the outcomes. If we live in a community and there's sin happening elsewhere, then that can impact upon it. Or we live in relationship with people around us, well, sin impacts upon that. So whilst we claim these as promises of God, we understand that we live in a, a complex system. We can't say, well, God, when's this going to happen? Because the wise person understands that this is God's world. And he promises that he will bring it about as he's promised to his people. And it might not happen necessarily right now. But we will see what God plans come about. That's one of the things that we trust in. But these are the promises, if you like, from the book of Psalms and the book of Proverbs about what wise people get. Firstly, wisdom brings life. The path of life leads upward for the prudent to keep them from going down to the realm of the dead. Basically, you live a life like this, thoughtfully, considerately, surrounded by people who are encouraging you to move according to what you know God wants you to, listening to his word, then you can have confidence that your life will lead to life. Not to death. Number two. Wisdom brings protection. Proverbs 14 verse 3 says, A fool's mouth lashes out with pride, but the lips of the wise protect them. Holding it in, taking a deep breath, thinking before you speak is protective, the writer to the proverb says. I don't know how many feet you can fit in your mouth when you open it. I've been known to fit both of my feet up to my knees into my mouth just by opening it. And sometimes I think to myself, if I just kept it shut, I wouldn't be in the trouble that I'm in right now. And that's what the writer of the Proverbs says. You're a wise person, you discern, you think before you speak, and you consider what's going on around you and say, what does God want me to do? Then when you open your mouth, it's safe to do so. Number three, wisdom brings strength. The wise prevail through great power and those who have knowledge muster their strength. It puts you in a position where the decisions that you make are right decisions. And that puts you in a position where other people also listen to you and you can have influence but you are protected because this is the way that God makes the world, if you like. And that's what the writers of the Proverbs say. Walk this way and you walk in safety. You're in a strong place to move forward. Number four. And as you move forward, wisdom will keep you secure. Now, in, in this verse, Proverbs 14, verse 24, and I only picked one verse for each of these, the wealth of the wise is their crown, but the Folly of fools yields folly. Basically what it's talking about is that the wise person is in a place where they are wealthy. Now it's not just talking about material wealth here, although it is talking about that, but it's talking about that position of safety. The foolish person, all that they get is more foolishness. 
They've started down a pathway to destruction and when they carry that out, they're further down the pathway to destruction. Whereas the person who goes down the pathway of wisdom is in a stronger position, a safer position than they would have been otherwise. It's the way to walk. Number five, wisdom brings joy. What I like about this is it's not just joy to you. It's joy to the people that have to deal with you too. Proverbs 15 verse 20, talking about within the family, says a wise son brings joy to his father, but a foolish man despises his mother. One has this benefit to the relationship and the other tears the relationship apart. A king delights in a wise servant, but a shameful servant arouses his fury. Living in a wise way builds a relationship. You consider what you do, you think about what's said, you accept advice, you accept commands, you close your mouth, you think about it. You build the relationship because when you do speak, it's a way that builds things up. When you do act, it's a way that's in accordance with God's way. If you don't do that, if you live on the edge, just going the whim and the way that you want to, your relationships are going to slowly disintegrate, is basically what it says. So the benefit of living a wise life is having secure people around you who appreciate you and you bring joy into their lives. That's a great benefit. Isn't that the sort of person that you want to be? Number six, wisdom brings healing. The words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. When we stop, think, listen, and only then speak, we bring an increase in the joy of a relationship. We help to hurt other people as well as ourselves. When we just open this up and just say what comes to our mind or act in the way that we feel like, we bring harm and we pierce other people with swords. Take care. Number seven. <laughs> Wisdom brings a good rep. I didn't write reputation because it went off the edge of the slide and came back in and it just didn't look right. My apologies for that. Wisdom brings a good reputation, it says. The wise inherit honour. But fools only get shame. You live a wise life, people want you around them. And they know you're wise. But you open your mouth or you just respond how you feel at the time and basically it says you get a reputation for being a fool. When we look at it next week in terms of being a fool, one of the consequences of being a fool is just that. People distance themselves from you because you end up not being trustworthy. You be the sort of person who breaks relationships and people distance themselves. But one of the profits of living a wise life is that you get honour. Number eight, wisdom brings privilege. A prudent servant will rule over a disgraceful son and will share the inheritance as one of the family. Proverbs 17 verse 2. Some people might not see this as a benefit, but I think it is. 
basically says if you live a wise life according to God's standards and what God wants you to do, you will have an increase, if you like, not only in responsibility, but you will have privileges in there as well. The prudent servant rules over the disgraceful son. Because you are faithful in some things, God not only gives you other things to do, but he commends you for it. And he blesses you for it. Let's be wise. So these are the prophets. Wisdom brings life. Wisdom brings protection. Wisdom brings strength. Wisdom brings security. It brings joy, healing, a good reputation and privilege and responsibility. So, application. Fairly straightforward. Number one. I only picked out a few of these. Number one, fear God. Put God in the picture of your life in terms of its direction. God made you. He made the world. He knows how he wants you to live. If you don't have God in your life as the director of it, then you can't be wise. Basically, Scripture says you have to be a fool or worse. So if you have not yet got God in your life, then you're living in the life, if you like, without the manual. I don't know if you've ever been in a place where you don't have the manual. Quick aside story. We lived in Sudan. They don't have manuals for certain things. One of my children, I won't say which because I'd have to pay them some money, decided that we had an old VCR machine, right? that you put something in and something came up on the television. And that was fantastic. One day we went there and they decided that they would put a chocolate bar in and see what came up on the television. Now it's 40 degree heat in the Sudan. You put a chocolate bar in, nothing comes up on the television and you can't put anything in the machine. How do you get it fixed? Well, I took the whole thing apart and put it back together and I put all the extra little pieces over in a bag (laughs) and it didn't work. And I don't understand why because I cleaned it really, really well. And I just couldn't get the thing to work. So I finally went down to a, um, a VCR place, which was this tiny little hole in the wall in the middle of Khartoum. And I said, can you fix this? They said, we'll take a look at it. And I went back about a week later and I said, how's it going? And they said, it is really easy to fix. I said, yes. He said, anywhere except incident. I said, what's the problem? Well, the bits and pieces are there. He said, yeah, but I don't have a manual. I said, what's that? He said, we see there's all these cogs. And he said, there's only one alignment of cogs that's going to make it work. And I have no idea what that alignment of cogs is. Without the manual, we couldn't get this thing to work. I had to pay someone to try every single combination of cogs until they got it right, which was good because labour was cheap and we eventually got the VCR working again. But we don't have time in this life. We get one go at it. We can't keep trying and trying and trying like some religions say to keep going round and round and round until we finally get the cogs in line. We get one go in this life. God's revealed himself to us. This is his world. Let's fear him. It's the only wise thing to do. Fear God. Two, if we fear God, listen to him. We talked about this morning in terms of being receptive to God, desire God, if he's the one who made everything, then there's nothing you would want more than to read his word, to ask his spirit to guide you as to how you should live. That should be the 
just the focus of what we want to do because it's his world we want to live for him. That's what wise people do. Number three, get some good friends. Surround yourself with wise people. Surround yourself with people who will love you and care for you and help guide you and encourage you in the faith. If you're not in a group like that, get in a group like that. Because that's what you need to do to live a wise life. Have people surround you who are going to encourage you, equip you, strengthen you, guide you, tell you when you're doing dumb things, encourage you when you're doing smart things. That's what you need. It's really hard to be wise on your own. So get some good friends. Number four, listen to your good friends. Got them? Listen to them. Pay attention to what they have to say before you open your mouth. Think about what they have to say. Don't reject them if they tell you, hey, maybe you need to do this or maybe you need to do that. Think about it. Listen to your friends. Number five, flee evil. Put the trash away. Don't bring it into your decision-making process. Be receptive of truth. Be receptive of your good friends. And that noise that's out there that comes from the world, just flip it off. Turn it off. Number six. Be self-controlled. Don't just go with the flow any old time you want to. Basically, the way of wisdom is saying, I'm going to stop for a second and not say anything. I'm going to think before I talk. Be self-controlled. Number seven. Listen before you speak. You want to be wise, the scriptures say, Listen to what's going on around you before you say something. Don't just jump in there. And that's really hard for those gregarious type people who like being involved in everything. Sometimes those people, and we love having them around because they energise us. But sometimes they too just need to take that step back They can think about it at home before they come and join the party so that when they jump in there, they've thought about what they're going to say. That's good. But just jumping in and saying anything that comes to your mind, that's not smart. That's not wise. Number eight, learn. Don't stop. Don't get stagnant. You think, well, maybe I've got it all together now. This is a pathway of wisdom. It doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian living in God's world following his way. There's always more. There's always a closer way to walk that's in line with what God wants. So if you've been a Christian for 50 years, 60 years, 30 years, 20 years, keep surrounding yourself with good friends. Keep listening to them. Keep paying attention. Keep control. Don't ever think that you've reached a position when you've become the authority and you can just go for it. Take stock. Have a listen. I had someone come and see me this week and they knocked on my door. And they said, can I come in and have a chat? And I said, I'd love to have a chat. And they sat down and they said, look, I don't have a problem. I don't have anything I need answered. I just want to talk. And we had a great talk for about an hour. And I have to tell you, I learned a lot. Just hearing what someone from the church had to share about things that were going on in their life and in the life of the church. And it was encouragement to me. This person hasn't done 
whole heap of study and all of this and all of that. I tell you what, they were wise and it was good to listen to them. You never get to a place where you can't stop and learn. That's the eight things that you can take away with you tonight. Let's pray. Lord God, this is your world and we want to be wise people living in it. We pray that you might direct us by your word, by your spirit who dwells within us. We pray that you might help us to listen to you. Please help us to put aside all those other voices from the world, from the evil one. Surround us, we pray, with good and loving friends, people who will be honest and truthful, genuine with us, to help us and encourage us. Give us the grace and the wisdom to listen to them. Father, I pray that by your spirit we might learn self-control, not just with our temper, but particularly with our mouths. And Father, help us never to stop being in this process of growing with you in your world. Father, we pray all of these things in the name of Jesus Christ, our Saviour. Amen.